you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. I am so excited uh, to introduce our guest today. Candace Zanuski is the co-founder of Tailored Talent, a talent acquisition leader and an advisory service to a variety of clients, a variety of industries and verticals. Welcome, Candace. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time. So tell us a little bit more about Tailored Talent. You know, like me, we're industry agnostic, but maybe there's a couple of verticals, a couple of industries that you, you know, do more work in than others that'll be good for our, our listeners to know. And then we'll talk about the secret sauce. Sure. So you're right. Uh, there's a lot of industries, and especially being in the industry, as long as I have been, we touch a lot of different things, right? But um, as far as specific industries we're really working in uh, these days, I'm seeing a lot in the architecture and engineering space, definitely okay. seeing a lot in, um, in manufacturing. Um, so a lot, especially with COVID right now, those essential uh, services are still very, very busy. Um, yeah. So we definitely are, are you know, staying in those realms and lucky that we were already in those industries uh, before the pandemic hit. Um, you know, outside of that, we have worked a lot in the uh, uh, pharmaceuticals industry, um, lots of sales, lots of uh, senior leadership roles just across, again, all the verticals, but those are the big ones I've been pretty much working in here lately. Great, got it. Okay, super. And um, when uh, we're talking to candidates in having mastery at every stage along the career transition process, what's the stage we want to focus on or something that you find is really important that, uh, when you impart this wisdom? Well, this, you know, like what's an area of the search where you have some really great wisdom that our listeners yeah. are going to get today? So that was a tough one for me to really hone in on because um, as a recruiter, I am passionate about every stage. Everything has to go well at every step. And so, um, but I think it's really, really important that the very early stages in the interview and recruiting process, they have to be very strong and solid because if those are not set up correctly on the front end, the rest of the process can be extraordinarily difficult and challenging. So mm. I think um, as far as making sure that you understand yourself and your strengths and are transparent about your areas for opportunity or growth or development, um, that helps you know yourself better. That helps you and the recruiter to get to know each other better and to be able to self-advocate. But the better you self-advocate with your recruiter, the better that if you have a really great recruiter who truly is in it for you, um, they will be able to help you navigate and also help the leader with understanding you better uh, through the entire scope of the process. Okay, great. All right, so I'm hearing two things in this that I wanna, I wanna go down these two paths. Sure. One is self-awareness self and self-advocacy. You know, um, sometimes when I'm working with a client and we're coaching through a transition, I recognize that they may have been brought up and raised 
with the, um, you know, early childhood command, don't brag. Bragging is different than self-advocacy. Like understand, tell me what you uh, recommend in terms of how people can go about really understanding themselves and then how do they advocate for themselves? Yeah, so, I, and I can appreciate that. I know in just even talking and working with my dad and explaining what I do, he's like, oh, networking is just abusing my relationships. And I'm like, no, it's not. And he's come a long way. So I can appreciate where self-advocacy and bragging and some, some thought processes can, can conflict. And so, you know, yes, there is definitely a line a careful line that you have to be careful to not be braggadocious um and also um yet still be proud like i mean when you're passionate about your work and what you do um it naturally and uniquely comes out of you so you know listen to your heart um i think you've had another guest kind of talk about a little bit about that so um i won't go too much into that but that, right. that absolutely true because um you'll learn and and talk through it with others listen and ask for feedback not only from people in your safe circles your family your friends maybe even a mentor or a colleague um but i love it when people ask me you know please provide me open and honest feedback and that allows me to show that again I'm 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 caring about the individual um versus just at the end of the day are we filling a position because that that's not great for really anyone so, right. so the individual you know strong for themselves um in the interview process and beyond when they're in the role mm. Mm. okay um I know we discussed maybe some some uh predetermined questions, but I'd like to have the, uh, this kind of discussion with you because we're getting into really interesting things. Uh, listening to your heart is something that people who are really connected in that way can resonate with. But other people are like, what does that mean? Like, how do I really know myself? What, what, are my pa what are my greatest passions and talents? What assessments do you recommend? Do you have any particular favorite assessments that'll help people get that self-awareness? Sure. So I, I, there's a lot of great assessments out there. Um, I personally have taken strengths, strengths finders and okay over the course of my career. I took it early on in my career and I actually just took another one uh, not too long ago. And um, what I thought was really interesting is that my primary strengths stayed the same um, okay. and on strengths finders, but my disc also stayed the same. But as I've gotten further in my career, instead of being on that outer edge, I kind of moved in, which meant I was still in the same, you know, my passion and my strengths were still true. However, how I kind of diversified and leveraged and maybe honed in on those strengths actually kind of helped me broaden um, my perspective on how to leverage and, and my strengths. Got it. Okay. So, um, so I hear in that strengths finders and disc. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. There's a lot out there. And if you um, look at some other, if you're in a, in a group where you're wanting to assess um, strengths within departments. I know there's a great uh, evaluation called the JPEA um, that we also do here at Taylor Talent. It's a, it's a great resource for leaders um, to understand their teams, their departments, and, and really lead and manage to 
their, their teams and their strengths and their opportunities. Uh, so it's a really great full cycle tool as well that, that we use here. Great, what, what, what's that one called? It's called a JPEA. JPEA, okay, uh -huh. we'll, put that, we'll put that in the show notes. Fantastic, awesome. Candace, thank you. All right, so what about uh, self-advocacy? Like, and, and you started also talking about uh, how a candidate can work with someone like you, a recruiter, in the most effective way, you know? Uh, hearing a lot of interesting things, surprisingly to me, uh, well, can, well, I thought candidates had more complaints about hearing back from recruiters. Recruiters also have complained about hearing back from candidates, but what are some ways really that you remember a candidate's being terrific in being in touch with you and advocating for themselves? Some specific examples of some, you know, really interesting differentiated ways people can stay on top of your radar. Sure. Um, it's definitely a two-way relationship. It should never be in an interview or recruiting process, you know, this us versus them. You should feel connected. You should feel value. You should, there should be these mutual feelings of, of trust. Um, and if you're not feeling that on both sides, right, um, then that can be, that can make a little bit of a challenge um, in the long run of the, of the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that, um, you know, the expectations are set on both sides. In my interviews, um, I always do. I always make sure that, I mean, my style is very dialogue based anyways, you can probably tell. But I also just make sure that we spend time, did I miss anything? That's really, really important to you that I should know. Um, mm. I'm a huge fan of asking in every aspect of life of, you know, I only know from my perspective, what questions should I be asking um, that I mm. have ready? Um, and that has worked both for as a candidate and as you know, a recruiter um, and as a hiring leader. So mm. question to ask um, so that you open that line of, of communication and then setting expectations and delivering um you know once i'm off of a phone interview with a, a candidate i've got a whole bunch of things i've got to do and i also try to put some actions on the candidate side of what they what i think they should do based off of my knowledge and expertise of the role or the company or even the individual leadership that i'm working with so um, I think taking that advice um, and, and executing, but you know what? Credibility goes a long ways. And if you say you're gonna do something, both as a candidate, as a hiring manager, and as a recruiter, because it's kind of a trifecta here, right? When you have right. a solution, it's really important. And that is, I just, I just do what I think all recruiters should do, which is you know, follow up and, and it's probably better to over-communicate rather than under-communicate because we've all been on the other side of that, that coin of waiting. And I know mm. waiting is no fun. Um, so I'm always putting myself into the candidate's shoes. Yeah, I get that. Okay. Uh, and I'll just sort of so summarize and make sure I got this. One of the key things I'm hearing, just one of the key things, is that candidates should really follow the advice that they get from you on the role because you have gotten to know the role and the, and the hiring manager and the leaders at the company. So they should follow your advice. So candidates should really listen carefully to the recruiters, you know, uh, follow the guidelines and do it quickly, follow up quickly. There's uh, that, so but then also... Under, over communication can be a little annoying. Under communication can lose the opportunity. 
Sure. And um, there's also, to your point on the self-advocacy piece, I need to know. I need to know what they need or what um, loose ends we didn't hit so that I can either, one, if I know it and I can answer it on the spot, and two, if I don't know, I'm not afraid or ashamed to say, gosh, I don't know that. Let me go back and ask that for you or at least set up that expectation with the hiring leader when you're going to speak with them to know that that's a loose end question that I'm, I'm not probably the right person to answer that, but the person that you'll be reporting to is really armed with head on that, that information. So it helps me to know what, what candidates need um, so that mm -hmm. I can also, again, help them advocate and set that stage. Got it. Okay, really, really great. Um, what would we love to uh, guide people to avoid in terms of mistakes? Uh, another, way, another way of saying that is, what's something really kind of funny or bizarre you've seen someone do that surprised you? Because we, we deal with intelligent people. We think that we have mature, intelligent people. And sometimes people make mistakes. What's something you'd love to entertain or educate our listeners today or something that you've seen that could be avoided? Yeah. You know, I know compensation is a hot subject um, and there's a lot of different schools of thought of when and where is it appropriate, you know, mm. at level and how do you navigate um, the compensation discussion. And I'm a believer of talking about compensation early and often. Mm. However, I'm also a believer that I will never knock anyone out of a process because of compensation. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the conduit, if you will. So I will at least gather and communicate the information effectively on both sides. Um, and some recruiters struggle with that. It makes them a little mm -hmm. nervous or, you know, there's a, a, when you get into the, the bigger packages that I've dealt with at the executive level, there's a lot of nuts and bolts that compile a package. It's more than just a salary or, or a bonus. So right. I think being very clear and helping make sure that all the pieces, again, from the front end are explained and then continually discussed throughout the interview process because mm -hmm. I all the time, no surprises at the end. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've seen people, you know, clearly give lots of great information and then get all the way to the end. And then, you know, something that's a non-negotiable is suddenly, oh, I forgot about this. Well. If you forgot about it, and we talked about it, you know, seven times through the interview process, like how important yeah. is it now? So I just, I've seen that happen um, and that makes it challenging. It, it doesn't necessarily mean it ultimately ended in a deal breaker or not. It just right. makes it- but could. It does, it really makes could. it a little sure. bit nerve wracking for the candidate, but also then it makes it a little more nerve wracking for the company sometimes of like, you know, gosh, what's this going to look like, you know, when they're in the... Yeah. Room? If the hiring party sees someone who withholds an important note on money in a, in a conversation around working together in business, that could really throw off their trust. Yeah. So I'm hearing talk money, talk it early, work with your recruiter to navigate the money conversation. Don't be afraid to talk about money. I'm saying the word money a number of times on purpose. Compensation. Yes is money, but it could be tuition reimbursement and you know, someone can get a master's or some kind of uh, enhanced degree or some exciting training or trade shows or a car allowance. There's all kinds of ways to improve a compensation value yeah. other than just 
money, you know, the flow of money. Absolutely. So, so that's really good. Um, okay, what is, um, what's something that a candidate that you remember, you're going to think about someone who's like, oh, wow, that person was great. In terms of how they understood your situation and what they did to make, to help you help them. So the candidates that stand out that help me help them, again, they connect just on a more than surface level from the get-go. Um, and, and that's not easy to do with everyone. Um, so my, back to strengths finders, my number one strength is relater. So I'm always going to find something about someone that I can relate to and connect with. Awesome. And, um, and I find that people that also have that in their top five, five, they also appreciate that. And we can just connect below sure. the quickly. Um, and they also see that I am, I am, I am setting my expectations. I am delivering those expectations. If I, if I don't have an update by the time that I promise, I'm still going to call and or email or text you, whatever we've decided the best way to communicate to say, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm waiting on, or here's what I'm trying to do to get it for you, and here's why. And, and also, when I set the expectation, I also say, I'm gonna lead by example, but here's what I want back from you. So when you have this interview, please, please call me, email me, text me, let's debrief, so we can quickly just respond at every stage. So those that respond back quickly, again, it doesn't have to be five seconds. Um, but, you know, just acknowledging and then responding quickly and following those steps, mm -hmm. that quick pace, it helps. Yeah. Us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, um, we're at a time where it's been difficult to find good talent prior to COVID. And then the market, the job market swamped now with candidates. So now it's still difficult to find good talent because there's more noise, there's more, yeah. competition um any suggestions you have on how people interact via zoom on, on phone calls or uh to stand out uh, anything you could recommend that's now post-pandemic specific i mean we've become so virtual i mean um i've been working remote for 10 years so my thing is mm -hmm. that you know it's not a huge change for me because i'm used right. to working from home but the biggest change for me is that all my people are here constantly. You know, I've got two school-aged kids that are right. away somewhere quiet right now. My husband right. is also in talent acquisition, and he's in another room. So, um, you know, being able to just have that protected space that everyone knows, this is my focus protected space, um, right. be able to give you my attention and my time here, um, yeah. it's important. So, um, yeah, candidates need to have that same kind of structure so employers and the hiring managers can see they could lead from the living room or yeah. from the basement. I'm in the basement right now. There's uh, there's the uh, elliptical. You know, I got, I got guitars and keyboards on the wall over there. You see that? Yep. So that's my little mini music studio. So it comes I'm with the but I can I got the ring light over here where people have to have things set up so they can appear and lead from behind the screen 
Are yeah, you fine? but it also comes with a lot of grace. And that is a huge message I have heard from a lot of different CEOs. And those are the CEOs that are going to keep the talent um, that were nervous maybe before the pandemic hit or maybe thinking mm. of changing jobs. And so, you know, a, a kid walks in or a dog barks or it's, it's okay. It's not, you know, the end right. of the world. We all recognize we're, um, we have lives and things that in our, in our worlds are, my elliptical is right there. Um, <laughs> so that, that is part of the beauty of like, okay, so we're not all perfect. And even in some of that imperfection, it's nice to see how someone responds on the spot Yeah. when something goes wrong, because something will go wrong in your job. And what are you going to do in that moment? Um, how are you going to respond? Are you going to shut down or mm. are you just going to improvise and still put your smile on and, and, and go? Um, that's, that's really good. That's really good. That kind of spontaneous improvisation is key as well as I tell my candidates, you know, people are not only, seeing if you're qualified for the work, but can they live with you? Can they interact with you and feel comfortable? Cause they're going to spend more time with you than they might spend with their own family. Yeah. So this kind of concept of relating and um, so uh, we're definitely in alignment. Candace, uh, what else, uh, before I ask you a couple of closing kind of personal questions, what else would you be really happy to share with candidates specifically that'd be like if they did this it would make a huge difference in the whole in some aspect or something in their process what's the secret sauce as you could say no network 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 with everyone okay. and anyone um you plant seeds with those that you know around you but mm -hmm. also putting yourself out there in safe manners to network with people you don't know like those seeds when, when watered or not, they're going to grow. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, again, long-term relationship focus is what it's all about. I've got folks that I have met as candidates three, four, five, seven years ago, and three years in, um, you know, I, I finally get them placed. It's not because, you know, it was, you know, me or them. It just was like, it mattered about quality versus quantity and the right time and the right thing showed up. And if it was super transactional and it just got to know you on a quick surface level, then you're, you got to know me on a quick surface level. It, you know, that's the like, Oh yeah, acquaintance. But when it matters, when you're engaged and you're plugged in and you truly build a relationship with someone, you, you're going to have that long-term return on that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really great. Okay, just a couple of things I like to ask my guests for fun. Uh, you have a favorite um, rock and roll band or musical artist or style of music? Uh, so I play piano. Uh, I oh, took cool. a little kid and I've re, yep, I re uh, found that love and passion. And so um, I love kind of jumping on and right now I'm learning how to play someone you loved. It's a cool piano piece that's popular on the, on the charts right now. Okay. Um, at the same time, my, my neighbors are used to hearing, you know, a lot of Mozart and uh, some Bach. And so I like to play and learn classical stuff as well. Great. Very nice. Awesome. And, um, and do you have any causes you support that are close to your heart? Sure. So um, from Taylor Talent standpoint, we do support a lot of great causes. Um, uh, for me personally, um, my daughter is dyslexic. Uh, we just learned about this uh, a year ago. And 
So that is a space that's extremely important to me. A lot of misinformation out there about dyslexia. And, um, and there's a lot of great things actually that come out of um, having and being dyslexic, believe it or not. So um, for me personally, a big fan of, of, of uh, you know, advocating for uh, neurodiversity um, mm, and mm. specifically the dyslexia communi community. Got it. God bless you. It's awesome. Anything else at all you'd like uh, people to know about you or how to reach you? Sure. So I can be reached uh, anytime. I have a, a very visible LinkedIn profile. Um, my contact information, I believe, is going to be in the in the notes. So I'll make Good. sure you have that. And yep. we'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Reach out, call, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook too. So uh instagram whatever uh, <laughs> all right thanks candace sanuski specializing in all fields but particularly uh, architecture manufacturing construction management uh sales leaders uh executive leaders and the like thank you so much candace you've been awesome appreciate you thanks for having me okay bye for now bye thank you for listening to the career transition experts Please make sure to listen to our next episode. And if at any time you want a clear view of the entire career transition process and a sense of where your strengths are and where your challenges are to work on, you'll get your free access to my career TPS assessment at careerexcitement.com. That's www.careerexcitement.com. TPS stands for Transition Performance Snapshot. This is Jonathan Flax wishing you outstanding career success and satisfaction in balance. Looking forward. Bye for now.